Let me just hop into it. A little Toto to uh, open up our podcast today. How's it going, everybody? I'm Patrick Ali, Senior Loan Officer here uh, at Hall Financial. And today I'm actually really, really excited. I had to cut the music short on there. We have a very, very special guest today. Tom Lipinski of the Tom Lipinski team at Keller Williams uh, Realty Lakeside. Very excited to have you. How are you doing today? I am splendid. Glad to be here. Very good. And just to clarify, it's spelled with an I because our, uh, I would say, you know, my se- the host today, guest host today would be Phil Lipinski, Senior Loan Officer here, spelled with an A just to clarify any miscommunication in names. How are we doing, Phil? I'm doing fantastic. How's everybody doing? Really, really good. So we're excited to have you on the show. Um, I heard about this at about six o'clock last night. And so, I mean, obviously we work with you guys and oh, yeah. we love everybody over there. Mm-hmm. Natasha's awesome and everybody uh, over on your team. So definitely appreciate you joining us today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to hop into it here, you know, just to kind of start off something we like to do for everybody. Tell us how you got started in real estate, how long you've been doing real estate. Whoa, you want me to go back that far? Okay, <laughs> so I was in the restaurant business for 20 years yeah. and had lots of realtors come into the restaurant and got to meet them and got to know them. And my wife at the time said, you know what, you might want to consider a career change. And I yeah. started, uh, I got my license and was doing both restaurants and and real estate. And eventually real estate took over and yeah. that's 27 years now in this career and 20 wow. in that career. And I noticed that a lot too, a lot of people, um, you know, they kind of do real estate as their, their second, side business. Second yeah. career. Yeah, yeah, second career at first. And then all of a sudden, I think just, you know, the business, it, it draws you in so much and it makes you want to stay there. So, I mean, how did you, how did you make that transition to go full time? Uh, boy, it just, it just happened. I was, I was working during the days mostly in the in the uh, restaurant you know seven eight in the morning mm-hmm. five six at night and then I'd go over to the real estate office and I'd work uh, you know till nine o'clock at night and then I'd work on weekends it seemed yeah. like I never had a day off and you know didn't really have a whole lot of success at the beginning it was hard to find sellers hard to find buyers back then yeah uh, but after about six months it, it kicked in and then I got to the point where I was you know, one of the jobs had to go, and and so uh, I let the restaurant business go and went into real estate full time. Yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And twenty seven years in, so you've seen a lot of ups and downs in this Ooh, business. Lots of ups and downs. <laughs> a lot, a lot of good yeah, times a and a lot, a lot of bad times. Yeah, mostly good, mostly yeah. good. Well, that's good. It's always good when it's successful for you. So, you know, over over the time frame that you've been in the business, I mean, where have you seen the market? I mean, what are I think that we're in a time right now where a lot of people are driven by what the media shows and where rates yeah. are at and what they do. So talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, when I got there. in in 1992, every mm-hmm. it, it was just coming out of a bad time, and I and and I only know that because people told me that. Yeah. Uh, but it it my I, every year was better than the one before for me. Yeah. Until we got to the mortgage crash. Right. You know, and that really started in '05. I remember talking to David in 03, 04. Hey, something's going on. Something's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and then in 05, I think September, about the third third or fourth quarter is when it started changing. And then, of course, it didn't really hit the you know media, the newspapers, and, and the general public until about 07, 08, right? right? And um, so 
07, I think. I think 07 probably was my first down year, and yeah. then there was a few down years, and there was a lot of complaining about it, and then I found the more you complain, the worse it got, so we stopped complaining, <laughs> and, there you go. and it got Change better. Change the mindset. That's what yeah. we say all the time. Shift the mindset, yeah. and everything else will fall into place. Exactly. And, and, and you know, I'd say probably 2010 is when it really took a turnaround in 11, 12, and now we've been having a string right. of good years. Every, every year's been better than the one before. Yeah. Last year was kind of – last year was really bullish. This year, you know, is, it's, a, it's a tricky year. Yeah. You know, higher price ranges. I see, you know, softer markets, lower yeah. price ranges. You, the houses are gone in two or three days. Right, right. I mean, we've even – we've talked about it before. We've even seen them where they hit the, the MLS like 4 a.m. and they're gone by 6. Yeah. And it's just done. Yeah. It's I mean, a done if deal. it's in Sterling Heights and it's $200,000. Yeah. It's hard to keep that on the market. Yeah, yeah. It's like we time our we time our listings now, so we can get at least one open house in. <laughs> at least one. Put it on the market on Monday. You won't have an open house the next Sunday. Well, Put it on Thursday or Friday. You can still do an open house. Right. Well, and that's something that we actually talked about a little bit before the show. Just you know how in real estate now and even in our industry, you gotta you have to be really creative. So I've worked with a, a couple different realtors that actually hold their open house before they really are starting to accept offers just to get the most foot traffic. I mean, is that stuff that you're, you're doing to get creative? I mean, how do yeah, you do there's, it? Uh, we call it launching a listing. Now. Yeah. We never used to think like that. We, yeah. you know, prior, prior years, you'd get the listing on Monday, you'd, you'd put it on Monday. Yeah. Uh, but now what we do is, is you know, we'll, we'll have an introduction day, Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. introduce it to the agents in our office, you know, put it on the market Friday, hold an open house Saturday, hold an open house Sunday. Right. And then usually by Monday, you're negotiating an offer. Yeah. Okay. Now, in higher price ranges, you know, like in Macomb County, you get into the 400000 and yeah. up, a little bit slower, you know. Um, Oakland County, you know, depending on the city, you know, it could be five, 600000 before it gets to be that little slower market. But, um yeah, you get in that uh, two, you know, in two to three hundred in yeah Sterling Heights, Shelby Township, Washington Township, no way. Macomb Keep Township. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, there's no way. You got to time everything. And and we've seen too. I mean, Phil and I have been in, actually we started together in the industry, same company. We're on the same team most of the places that we've been. So, um, I think for us too. I mean, the market change that we've seen hasn't been that that crazy until I think up to this year. So you can talk to that. Yeah, and you know, the question that I have for you, Tom, you hear all this stuff in the industry about how it's a lot harder to sell a house in the fall and in the winter with snow on the ground, Mm -hmm. people aren't buying houses. I mean, the market that we're in now, do you think things are going to drastically slow down or do you think things will keep going just the way they are? Hard question to answer because it's all supply and demand. And I've had December be my best month sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, so it just depends on supply and demand. But we've had a hard time finding inventory. Yeah. Okay. And, and buyers, I would say there's about 10 buyers for every seller right now. Right. Uh, so is that going to continue? Um, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have a tight inventory going forward. It'd probably mm-hmm. get real tight this winter. Buyers are going to probably feel like there's less to pick from. Right. Um, so how do you, how do you talk to your, you know, how do you talk to somebody that you're showing a house to, or you're going on a listing appointment for, you know, the want versus need, because I've had a lot of clients that, you know, they have to have the clawfoot bathtub, but also their price range is 120, you know, and they're looking in, you know, North Warren or Clinton Township where that's just not well, a possibility. Yeah, you never want, I mean, let's talk about it from a buyer's perspective. Yeah. So we, we, we don't want a buyer to settle. Yeah. But there's going to there's gonna be a limited number of properties out there that right. they're going to be interested in. Uh, we, you know, the first thing I think a buyer has to do is they have to uh, get, um, 
you know, get all their ducks in a row. They meet right. with you guys right away, right. And get all the pre-approval stuff out of the way, and make sure that when they're they're ready to make an offer, yeah, when it's time. Uh, and then you know, it used to be years ago you could look at ten houses on Saturday. Now you yeah. got to look at the one house on Tuesday because it'll be gone <laughs> on Wednesday. So we tell them they got to be quick, right. and that makes it a little bit harder on us because we have to constantly run out for one house, one house instead of doing multiple houses. Yeah. Uh, when they write their offers, they got to be creative and and. You know, some of that includes bigger earnest money deposits. Right. Uh, and some, you know, a lot of I see it a lot now where the buyer is allowing the seller to stay in the property yeah. after the closing. You know, 30, 60, 90 days, yeah. and some of it for free. Yeah. You know, it used. To, I mean, it still is where you pay an occupancy fee to stay in your house. You're renting it from the new owner, uh, but more and more you see free rent. Right. Uh, so, and then I've even seen buyers be willing to pay the transfer tax for the seller, pay the title insurance for the seller, right. do things creative to make their offer stand out. As they, in most cases, you know, give you just the example of a Sterling Heights or Shelby Township, mm -hmm. 200 to $300 house, really nice house. You know, they're going to be competing with, you know, three, four, five, up to 10 other buyers. So they got to yeah. look good. So, yeah, so if a buyer's got limited money, um, you know, it could be a little bit difficult for them yeah. because they're going to not be able to go over the asking price. They might be able to put a big earnest money deposit down. They might not be able to do some of those little extra things that uh, a, a buyer w that's flush with cash. Right. Right. And regarding that, too, I actually had a client the other day that I was talking to. Um, the realtor kind of made the decision that they were going to write a letter to the seller of the mm. home. And I feel like that's a big thing that just these days a lot of people aren't doing. Is that something that you see or think makes an impact when people are putting an offer? Yeah, it, it does make an impact. And I've seen it more in the last year than I've ever seen it in my prior years. Yeah. And uh, it's the buyer handcrafting a personal letter to mm -hmm. the seller. Sometimes there's pictures involved. Right. Um, I, I work, I have a team of seven of us, and mm -hmm. I work primarily with the sellers and, and other members of the team work with the buyers. So... You know, I'm often the recipient of those letters, and I yeah. pass them on. And and you know, at first I was a little bit unsure about these letters because I, you know, I didn't get one. I might not have gotten one for five years, and now I've yeah. probably gotten ten. Yeah. Uh, but it does help. It does help the process. So, you know, I would tell a buyer, you know, if if you're in a real competitive situation and you want to pull on the seller's heartstrings, go ahead and write a letter. Right. Absolutely. Well, and you're in a position too when you're going to a listing appointment or you're talking to a seller, whereas. You know, we may be having a conversation with them over the phone or they're coming into the office to give us our, their documents. You're in their home that, you know, some of them might have been there 25 years or that was, you know, mom and dad's home and now mom and dad are passed away and I inherited it. Mm -hmm. So there's these memories there. So the creativity of, and it's really not, I think it's just being a human being mm -hmm. and saying, hey, listen, I understand that your house means so much to you just under please understand of how much this is going to mean to me and my family very to build emotional. that same yeah it's an emotional process it's very emotional for both you know somebody buying it they're they're planning their future there and yeah. somebody selling it they're uh, moving on to what's next and right. you know yeah there's tears often and and uh, those i've i've had sellers make decisions on a multiple offer situation based on a letter that a buyer wrote yeah. so you know, it's not a bad thing to do. That's really cool, especially if a teacher's selling a house. You know, maybe she's grading grammar or something. She's like, well, we'll give them this one. Right. You know what? I think I've had that. <laughs> yeah. I think they've commented on the, the, the pros. Yeah, right. And and so how often are you, um, you know, how often are you ho helping a home buyer list their property at the same time? A lot. We write a lot of offers of contingencies. That's, yeah, that's a big deal right now because uh, sellers who want to be buyers – 
you know, and need to sell first right. are very concerned about finding the replacement house. Right. So that keeps them on the sideline. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why this inventory is low because they're, you know, it's like a vicious circle. They're, they're, the inventory is low, but it, and it's because people are afraid that there's going to be nothing to purchase when they sell. So we do use some strategies for that, and they do work. They work perfectly. I think people don't completely trust these strategies, but they're 100% foolproof, and one's called a reverse contingency. Mm -hmm. And what we do is in the uh, multiple listing service for agent-only remarks, we tell the agents, you know, buy, have your buyers write these, their offers up, you know, allowing the seller, you know, make it subject to the seller finding a home of their choosing. Okay. And you could also time it, a home of their choosing in 30 days or in yeah. 60 days. And what it does is it makes the offer contingent upon the seller being able to find the next place. Right. And now, if you're a buyer, you might think, oh, boy, you know, why would I want to do that? But yeah. in, a, in a thin inventory market, the buyers are willing to do it. Yeah. And uh, so that reverse contingency does work. And it does make the sellers comfortable. And then right. when they go out there to look for a house, they always find the replacement house. It's, yeah. it's really more of a fear than it's than it is a, a, a problem. Right. And and how long how long into the process? Uh, well, uh, let me back up. How are you having that conversation with your buyer to say, okay, hey, your your home is contingent on sale of your property. Are you waiting until? Because I'm I'm in this situation right now. Are you waiting until they're getting um, their home under contract? to really start looking heavily, or is it basically off the premise that, hey, well, we know this is gonna sell? Yeah, it's gonna be based on the personal situation. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's, I, I keep using Sterling Heights, that's where I live, and, yeah. and it's a good area. but if, somebody, if somebody's in Sterling Heights and it's a $200,000 house, you know, you know, 2,000 square foot, right? and um, I'm, it's a nice house, you know, we're gonna put it on the market. We might as well start looking for their yeah. replacement home right there and then, because that house is not gonna be not on the market. Long. Yeah, it's not yeah. gonna be on the market long. So, yeah, let's get out and do both at the same time. And like I said, I have a team, so uh, you know, I have one of the team members. You know, start working with them. You know, as a, as a buyer's agent, and yeah. then I'll work with them uh, as their listing agent. We'll talk real closely. I mean, we're doing that right now with some families. Yeah. Oh, yeah. very good. And then you know, one of the I think one of the last things that I really want to touch on because I. I think this is a big deal when it comes to home and something actually I'm working on personally for my house to hopefully mm -hmm. list soon is the curb appeal. Everybody talks about when they're buying a house that I've had a conversation with, the curb appeal, they want to feel like that home is moving ready. Even if there's things that need to be done, they want to feel like that's moving ready. So how important is that or how important okay. is the landscape to you? All right. Um, well, let's talk about in a, in a normal market yeah. way more important than it is today because right. in this thin inventory market people are willing to accept a little bit less mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but um, landscaping's critical I mean and, and I think what what you want to do as a seller is you know make sure your lawn looks good make sure your cement looks good yeah um, you know if you've got a lot of overgrown bushes that are just like covering up the house take them out put in small bushes yeah um, yeah, curb appeal, you know, just the way the gutters look, the way, yeah. the, you know, the way the windows look, flowers. I mean, there's a lot you can do. You know, real, a good real estate agent can provide some guidance in that direction, yeah. but there's also professionals like home stagers. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And even going on YouTube and just punching in, you know, curb appeal for your house, yeah. uh, you'll get some really good ideas. But, yeah, I, curb appeal is important. Yeah. Uh, can I go inside the house for a minute? Yeah, Yeah. Go for inside it. the house, you know, people are always saying, should I do this, should I remodel that? Yeah. You know, generally the rule of thumb is floors, 
walls and I consider doors part of walls. Yeah. So, you know, changing those old doors out yeah. to the new six panel doors always looks good. Paint your walls, uh, get your floors looking good, right. change the carpet out maybe, put in some of the newer hardwood floors that you can get. But floors and walls and then lastly repairs. Yeah. So you don't have to put the granite counters in the kitchen. You don't have to update the bathroom, but get those repairs made. Take care of your floors, take care of your walls, your house is going to sell. Right. Well, and understand too that, you know, just because you put 20, 30 grand into a renovation in your house doesn't make, you know, we talk about mm. that all the time, doesn't mean that your house is worth 20 or 30 grand Not more. At all. It's still subject to an appraisal, it's still subject to an inspection, it still has to uh, hold some value. Yeah, you might get two or three extra grand because it's something that the buyer didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. But we got to understand that, you know, whether you're want to do renovations or not it's something to really have a conversation with your realtor or you know a professional about of what is this really going to add patrick that's huge yeah huge because i've come across so many people that spend way too much money to get their house ready and then what they cannot recoup it and you know there's been many studies i keep them on my computer uh from various magazines uh online magazines uh studies that have shown you're getting about 50 cents on the dollar on a kitchen remodel so you know if you're going to do 20,000 in the kitchen you sell your house for 10,000 more you lost 10 grand yeah you know so why not not spend all that money why not maybe get the floors right get get the walls right make any repairs you know so it is a personal thing to each house i mean if it's so bad of a kitchen that you need to remodel it to sell it then you got to do it but you know people often make remodeling do remodeling that they don't need to do right and how how often does that really affect your offer when you're when you have a buyer and they're like well they don't have granite countertops in here is it something that you can have that conversation with them it's a competitive thing so if the buyer's looking at three houses and two have granite counters and one doesn't they like all three then that one that doesn't probably is going to not get the the offer but um yeah buyers and agents are generally pretty flexible and Mm -hmm. and they're looking more at the opportunity there and the the layout and the location and the school district and how far Mm -hmm. it is from work you know you know do they need to make a lot of repairs or is it just move in ready yeah so whether it has the granite counters or not you know it's a personal thing but uh, and it and it really is a competitive thing but if 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 they're just if it's a house they like it doesn't have granite counters that very rarely does someone say oh it doesn't have granite counters i'm not buying it yeah so to everybody out there does it really make that big of a difference let's get into the home let's add you know put in the things that you want to make it home for you and Mm -hmm. then that's that's how we do business i think it's the easiest way to make sure you're getting the the most out of what you want for you and your family yeah i yeah i have to you know i i know i've said this but it's very market specific Mm -hmm. location specific and you know i would guess in ann arbor where it's like out of control booming maybe you (laughs) gotta maybe you gotta make your house you know just a little bit nicer than the next one right uh but in other areas you know just have the floors the walls and the repairs made you know do your front you know get your curb appeal looking good and yeah. you're and you're fine i think there's some real estate agents that i think have their sellers spend way too much money yeah i'm not about spending way too much money let's spend the right amount of money yeah absolutely and i think a lot of it too is like you see the hgtv oh, all yeah. these shows show renovations and repairs people put thirty thousand into it they show the new market price and it's way higher than yeah. thirty thousand so a lot of it is just improper expectations about what the renovations will actually look like how long they'll take how much cash and what your return will actually be on those renovations with right. selling the house. Yeah. Last year, we had a seller in uh, Washington Township, I think. Yeah, it was Washington Township. And and 
he put in $36,000 worth of new windows to sell his house. Wow. You know, he put in the best window. And it's yeah. like he didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got top dollar for his house. I mean, I think we're the highest price for his style house in the neighborhood ever. But, you know, he still lost about 20 grand. Right. We didn't need to, he didn't need to do that. Right. Well, I had, I had even had the same situation where the client, before they listed their house, they had to finish painting it. And I asked him, I said, that's fine. I mean, a lot of people like to take their house back to a neutral color so that it's ready. But he painted the same exact color that it already was neutral colors mm-hmm. since he moved in. So it's not like he did something different. It's just I put a fresh coat of paint on it. I was like, I mean, you're really about to spend $2,000 to, you know, sell your house. Why don't you put it on the market now and allow it to sell the as is? Because it's it, nobody's going to really know the difference unless mm-hmm. you, you know, know the smell of paint, yeah. I guess. I had so. this I, another <laughs> short story. I had this uh, woman selling a house at Harrison Township, and you know she wanted to make a lot of repairs. That's and where I, I'm from. And yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah. Not far from yeah. you. And I told her to not uh, to not do a lot of these repairs, and she was not comfortable with that. Right. You know, but we ended up selling a house, got more than our asking price. That's good. Uh, we had a little appraisal problem, but it still I think sold at the asking price. Right. Maybe maybe a thousand over. She was really happy, and I think we probably saved her five grand and things that she wanted to do painting being one of them that's awesome that's awesome and as they always say time flies when you're having fun Mm -hmm. we're now at 21 minutes so i'll probably hear it from the big man when he gets back Oh no! (laughs) but that's okay i really appreciate obviously spending time with us here and uh dropping some knowledge on us and the real estate industry and just giving us a lot of great information obviously as always tell us you know how we can get a contact with you and your team uh, over at keller williams lakeside realty Oh, well, uh, you could call our office at 586-532-0500. I probably shouldn't do this, but I'll give you my cell phone, (laughs) 586-246-6606. And then we have uh, uh, our email address is team, T-E-A-M, at Lipinski team. And not like uh, Phil, it's (laughs) L-I-P like pepper, I-N-S-K-I team. Dot com. Time Very at LipinskiTeam.com or team at LipinskiTeam.com. Very good. So whether you're looking to buy a new home, sell a new home, um, everybody out there, I just I believe in this this team over the Lipinski team, and I, I think that you guys give them a call, uh, give your team a call, and let them take care of you because it's professional. So appreciate you being on the podcast yep. today. We like to help people. Yeah, absolutely. And Phil, with an A, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yep. All righty. Well, that is it. That is the best darn 22 minutes and 18 seconds in podcast history. Uh, I'm Patrick Ali, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.